This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. Pregnancy and birth is one of life's great initiation processes. Because every pregnancy is different in its own way, there will always be something that will take you completely by surprise. Something that will leave you asking, why the heck didn't anyone ever tell me that? If you have ever wished that someone would be good enough to spill the beans on what might happen during pregnancy or birth that might be terrible or embarrassing or both, then my next guest is someone you will really like to hear from. When women are emotional, we can often think, am I the only one going through this? And so while every pregnancy is obviously different, I think reading about My various pregnancy experiences will be helpful to women who might perhaps think that their emotions, their sadness or confusion or anger, that it's not warranted or or justified or normal. Because at the end of the day, we all have these emotions and, and pregnancy just has the potential to amplify them. Mandy Maloney was a big planner, a career girl with an idea that pregnancy could be a bit uncomfortable, but with lots of perks like great hair and a cute baby bump that would look great on her Instagram feed. But of course, there were some difficult things too, lots of things that took her by surprise. And she wants to tell you so that you are not taken by surprise. And so she's written a book called Pregnancy Virgin. And Mandy, you're going to have to tell me, it's a pretty clever name. Was it just an attention grabber? That's predominantly the reason. I think most people would realise that a pregnancy virgin is someone who hasn't been pregnant before or who was pregnant for the first time and I thought it was really fun. The implication of the name comes with a a bit of cluelessness as well. You've nailed it Penny. (laughs) Clueless is definitely the right word. (laughs) I think a lot of women come into their first pregnancy with misconceptions. Well I know I certainly did or having not had in-depth conversation with other women about the different things that pregnancy may involve. I, th- I think a lot of us go in thinking, oh, yes, we, we might throw up for a few weeks and we'll get a bigger belly and then we might scream during labour and that's kind of all we touch on. We don't go into the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Tell me, how did your ideal pregnancy pan out? Can you give us what, what was the Instagram version of what you were expecting? <laughs> well, I think about this and I can't believe that I actually believed this in hindsight because the misconceptions that I had were so incredibly unrealistic. But in my head, I thought that I would just glow all the time because that's what pregnant women did. They had glowing skin. I thought that my belly would just be this perfectly proportioned round bump on my pre-pregnancy body maybe with slightly bigger boobs. Um, I thought antenatal classes, once you'd done one, I thought, great, okay, now labor's going to be so easy. It's going to teach me how to push my baby out with not much more than a a strenuous sigh. So things like that definitely didn't go down the way I'd planned. What was the biggest earth-shattering realisation for you? Or what was the thing that hit you the hardest about your first pregnancy? (laughs) Um, I don't know whether you had hemorrhoids, Penny, but um, I didn't expect those. Um, And that's something that not a lot of women talk about. I guess some of your listeners will be thinking, I'm young and I'm fit and I look after myself and that's not something that I need to worry about. But 
guess what? I thought exactly the same thing, but hemorrhoids during pregnancy are not uncommon and they were certainly a really big shock. Oh my goodness. That certainly is not in any brochure that I ever read about pregnancy. (laughs) But it sounds like you did approach things with a good solid sense of humour. I think my approach was, as we spoke about, very clueless. So I was all about Googling and asking my friends and just trying to work out what the best way of knowing for sure that I was going to get pregnant when we were going to try. So my wedding date was based around my ovulation cycle um, because I wanted to be really planned. I'm, I'm a bit of a planner. I had a fertility app. I was like, what else can I do? Um, so I found out that you can look at your vaginal mucus and that can indicate when you are most fertile. And that's something I didn't know about. I mean, I'd had discharge for 15 years of my life by that stage at least. And I never knew that the discharge itself could dictate when I was going to be pregnant and when I wasn't. So in hindsight, I probably could have gotten one of those temperature gauging ovulation kits, but I found the discharge journey pretty interesting. I love that you were so focused on getting pregnant that you had to get married at the right time. That was that was perhaps a little bit extreme. Well, for someone who's a planner like me, Penny, mm. didn't feel extreme at all. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, we were so fortunate to be able to fall pregnant in the first place. I know there are a lot of couples out there who struggle and that doesn't escape me. Uh, and I didn't know whether we were going to be able to fall pregnant straight away or at all. So I wanted to give ourselves the best possible chance, I suppose. Your friends caught on pretty quickly that you were pregnant. Did you get some good advice? (laughs) You know what? I think... No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that a lot of people don't go into the nitty-gritty of pregnancy. A lot of my friends are willing to share certain stories uh, and there's some really funny anecdotes throughout the book. One of them is... A friend of mine who thought that her waters had broken, so she called an ambulance and got taken to the hospital because she was really worried that she might be going into early labour. She was very early on in her pregnancy. And when she got there, it just turned out that she had had incontinence, Um, (laughs) which I know I shouldn't laugh at because it could have been quite serious. But looking back on it, I can totally understand that now because you do get a lot of discharge during pregnancy and I can understand how some people... You know, if you've never had your waters break before, if you're a pregnancy virgin, this is your first pregnancy and suddenly your underwear feels really wet. You know, I can see how some people would think that was really serious. Um, So there's a lot of stories. But in terms of advice, I think everyone's pregnancy is so different. So people really just don't tell you too much about what goes on for them personally. Your book is divided up into the trimesters. So what were some of the surprising things in the first trimester? Uh, I think that fatigue was a really big one for me. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be so exhausted. I thought from the movies that I would have a quick spew before work, get on with my day, and that's how it would roll. Um, But I actually, while I had really bad nausea, I didn't have any morning sickness. I had extreme fatigue to the point where the brain fog was really affecting my performance at work. And that made me feel like a real failure, to be honest. I'd imagine that 
I would be able to carry on living my normal life like a total boss. But unfortunately, extreme fatigue was one of those pregnancy symptoms that I really suffered with. So I had to take two weeks off work. Mm. And... And, of course, that, that sort of brings up the, the telling your work that you're pregnant as well, which is, doesn't always go easily. That was really hard. I wasn't at the 12-week mark yet, and I didn't want to tell anyone that I was pregnant. But I also felt that if I said, hey, I need some time off work and didn't say why, and then a few weeks later I said, oh, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant, then that kind of felt a little bit, dishonest to to me but I got some good advice from my doctor and he said that most places of work are really supportive and he was right so I think having an honest chat with my boss was probably one of the best things I could have done. You talked about having a a perfect baby bump on your pre-baby body did you find that being pregnant and doing the right thing as far as food came easily for you? No I thought that would eat really healthily. I thought my body would want to eat healthily because that's what was best for the baby. But that's not the case. (laughs) That wasn't the case for me. I really craved white bread and thick butter. I craved pastries. I craved chocolate milkshakes. I craved all of the things that I had told myself I would be really careful to try and limit um, during my pregnancy because I wanted to give my baby all of the nutrients I knew that she deserved. So I was really disappointed in myself. I was like, give me the KFC, give me all of the chocolate, give me, you know, I eat two Freddo frogs a day usually. That keeps my chocolate cravings at bay. But this time around, I just really struggled to eat as healthily as I wanted to. And I felt guilty for that. Later on in pregnancy, uh, you got the the super hungries? (laughs) Super, super hungries. I... Uh, it was like a sumo wrestler given a triple A pass to Sizzler. It was like, <laughs> I, I could not stop. Um, but it was, again, it's not a permanent thing. I think I went into it really worried and disappointed because I'm like, oh my goodness, this isn't what I wanted to do. And how long is this going to last for? And will I be affecting the baby by eating like this? But in hindsight, I should have just relaxed a little bit and given myself a break because it doesn't last forever. And it is okay. And I really just should have not worried about giving my body what it craved. Yeah. there's. Uh, I think there's some uh, Mediterranean traditions that go, if you don't eat what you crave, you, your baby will get a birthmark in the shape of the thing that you were craving. Your crazy myth was your baby's hair and heartburn. Oh, this really surprised me, Penny. So I had thought that that was an old wives' tale. I'd heard that... If you have a lot of heartburn during pregnancy, then your baby is going to be born with loads of hair. And I thought, nothing in that. But when I did research for the book, I found this 2006 study that demonstrated a real link between heartburn and babies who are born with above average amounts of hair. So that really surprised me. There was a scientific backing behind this theory that I'd heard. I love it. That actually turns out to be the case. So Mandy, tell me about all the formal parts of pregnancy. So like the antenatal classes and all the scans. How how did you go with those? Was that, again, an initiation into a whole new world? The scans for me were a sense of relief. I think a lot of women will relate to that. I went into each scan holding my breath, wondering if everything was going to be okay and feeling almost a bit anxious. 
So the scans itself were wonderful. I loved seeing my baby inside me and uh, asking all of the questions of the sonographer about how large it was and how much they thought it might weigh. And I loved that. That was a heartwarming experience for me. The antenatal classes, that was definitely uh, an eye-opener. We're really lucky there are so many options for antenatal classes in Australia. You can do hypnobirthing or calm birthing or private midwife classes, and you could do this in conjunction with your hospital antenatal class if you like. Um, but I just attended the hospital antenatal class and I learned a lot, in particular about the first nappy. For all the pregnancy virgins listening, there is advice given to not change a baby's first nappy in the hospital if you can at all avoid it um, because it contains about 20 weeks worth of poo. Oh. So if you can imagine like really old mascara, like mixed with green eyeshadow and just in copious amounts because that poo has just been hanging about in your baby's, uh, inside your baby for 20 weeks by the time your baby comes out. So when they do that first number two in their nappy, it's pretty gross. So I would definitely advise to avoid changing that one if you can. How was labour? Because, Mandy, for pregnancy virgins, in spite of whatever you can believe about you know, maternity fashions or how you'll cope with morning sickness, the big thing that looms on the horizon for everyone, for, especially for the first time, is how is labour going to go? How was it for you? Well, for a start, I wasn't even sure I was in labour because I'd never been in labour before. So how did I really know? Um, <laughs> I'm sure there are some women out there who's water breaks and then they get the contractions and everything is exactly the way that they'd imagined it. But I know for a lot of women, they really just aren't sure. So that was my first challenge was ringing the hospital and getting some advice and trying to ascertain whether I was really in labour or not. Then the second challenge was when I ascertained, yes, I was in labour, my contractions went from 15 minutes apart down to two minutes apart, like within the space of a few minutes. Uh, and we were over an hour from the hospital. So that was a bit frightening. Um, and then when I told my husband, hey, we need to go to the hospital, he said, okay, but I'm really tired. I'm just going to go and have a shower. <gasps> and that was when my waters broke. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And then I was really worried I was going to get hungry during labor because I'd heard that labor could go on and on and on. So I thought I'd have some wheat picks while I was waiting for him to get out of the shower. The wheat picks turned out to be a really big mistake um, <laughs> for me. I don't remember a huge amount of the pushing. I uh, chose to have the gas. I didn't have a epidural, but the gas was enough for me to feel pretty lightheaded. And after everything that had gone on, my husband said that I did poo myself. And I put that down to the wheat bix myself. <laughs> I um, So for, for me, I definitely didn't expect to do that. I've heard some women do throw up in labour. I've heard women orgasm in labour. But for me, I really wasn't expecting to poo. Well, do you know what? A really close friend who's a midwife and she says they seriously do not care. It is no issue. That's lots of you. lots of women do it, and it is, I know to you, perhaps mortifying, but to them, rates very low on the scale of things that can go wrong. And if you don't believe Mandy or I, let's get a note directly from the midwives. 
Of no. course not. <laughs> not because at all. it's actually it's it's just the pressure from the baby coming down. No. And to be this honest, this is why we look after women. We don't look after sick people, and we certainly don't look after men. Those are real midwives, and you will hear from them in a baby talk episode coming up in the future. That is comforting to know. Although I don't know if my husband would agree. He, I yeah. think he was quite mortified. <laughs> well, that, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have waited and had a shower, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Exactly. Totally his fault. Anyway, yeah. we can make it his fault. Let's do it. <laughs> How did the rest of it go? Look, it was challenging, but it was wonderful. Everyone's labor process is different, but I think at the end of the day, you have to hold on to the fact that we're so lucky that we're able to give birth in the first place because there are a lot of women out there who would love to be able to and, and can't. And that's a thought that really kept me going during the tough times when it was hard to push and at the end you get this incredible baby so I was really really just amazed and in awe and I think that was when it really hit me that all of the worry and the anxiety that I felt throughout my pregnancy it it kind of wasn't necessary you know at the end of the day we're going to get these beautiful babies and while you do want to obviously do the best that you can during pregnancy. Don't be upset if it's not perfect. That's really good advice. And Mandy, I kind of wonder if from that point of having the baby, did you have sort of a moment of realisation of everything that you had worried about before sort of suddenly swooped into perspective? Definitely, Penny, particularly after we took our baby home. And things got really crazy. I'm like, well, <laughs> those nine months were crazy, but here we go again. And this is even cra- an even crazier ride. Mandy, what is your best bit of pregnancy virgin advice? Be as prepared as you can, but I guess things never go according to plan. One of my favorite sayings in the book is don't be upset if you can't cook the spaghetti. Some days you're only meant to eat toast. Or in other words, there's going to be days where you can't do what you'd planned to do so just do what you can do pregnant women i think sometimes just need to throw the plan out the window and give themselves a break and most importantly know that they're not alone because many pregnant women out there are facing one battle or another and i think that's in essence what pregnancy virgin is about and why i wrote the book because whilst my journey might be different to another pregnant woman's by reading my story she'll hopefully feel a little bit less alone and a little bit less anxious about what's going on. There's lots of issues that you do cover in the book that really can take you a little bit by surprise when you're pregnant. Yes. Look, again, everyone's pregnancy is so different, but I didn't expect to lose the ability to see properly in one eye. And I put, I just put that down to an eye operation I'd had years and years ago. And after a few weeks of trying to work out what the heck was going on and why I couldn't see very well, I went to the optometrist and it was just pregnancy hormones. She's like, sure, come back and see me after you've had the baby. But I didn't need to because as soon as my pregnancy hormones settled down, my sight became clear again. So that was really surprising. Leg cramps was another one. Oh, they, they were awful. I suffered from pregnancy insomnia, but even if I had been asleep, these leg cramps would have woken me up because they were extreme and there are just lots of little things that happen again that no one had ever mentioned to me before when they were pregnant that I'm sure perhaps I didn't have exactly the same things but the little things 
There's so many little things that people don't talk about. I'd never heard the I one before. That would have been terrifying for you. It was bizarre. It really was. And another one was the skin sensitivity because I don't have particularly sensitive skin, but during pregnancy, certain soaps and different chemicals would react to my skin. At one point, I even had a burn mark under one of my eyes where I'd wiped away some makeup, but I I'd had some soap left over on my finger. And I woke up the next day with like a big burn mark under my eye. I do miss pregnancy hair though. I had really good hair. Oh, isn't that the best? Yes. <laughs> um, I actually really loved that my leg hair didn't grow very much. Um, there was, I think it was during the second trimester, if I remember correctly, but I'm usually fairly diligent about shaving my legs, but I found I just hardly had to shave them for quite a while there because they just grew very, very slowly. Mandy, the... The book about being a pregnancy virgin is going to be really helpful to heaps of first-time mums, but I'm really also interested because you've got more than one child now, so you did go back for another. <laughs> how was how non-virgin non pregnancy for you? I think a lot of mums will relate that the second time around is a little bit different because you've got the other one to chase after, so you often forget you're even pregnant in the first place. I came pregnant with my second child when my daughter was only six months old. So that was a bit of a shock. Um, we, we always had planned to have a second child, but not quite so quickly. And it was tough because you're tired from chasing after your first child and then you're tired from being pregnant with your second. But a lot of the time you're so busy that you even forget that you're pregnant half the time. And I certainly don't think that I had as many surprises the second time around. I think things that happened, I knew that a lot of the time it was most likely to do with pregnancy hormones, if it was something crazy or unexpected. And I had all of the resources to find out if I was at all concerned. I had the medical people that I could contact. And we're really lucky in Australia because obviously your midwife or your obstetrician or your chosen caregiver isn't always available to take your call at one o'clock in the morning or 6am or 6pm when you might have these burning questions. But in Australia, we have great medical helplines that pregnant women can call any time of the day or night with a qualified medical person on the other end. So we've got the Pregnancy Birth and Baby Helpline or an organisation known as PANDA, the Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia Helpline, and they can help with mental health issues as well during pregnancy and early parenthood. We have the National Breastfeeding Helpline. We've got Health Direct. In Queensland, we have something called One Three Health. So we're really, really lucky to have these resources at our fingertips. And being the second time around, I knew that I had all of that, which was a real comfort. Did you, at a couple of points during your second pregnancy, look back with a little bit of nostalgia at your uh, <laughs> your first pregnancy? <laughs> Um, I think I was relieved more than anything. I think I looked back at my first pregnancy and went, oh yeah, that was a real roller coaster. But if I hadn't experienced that, I may not have been so calm during my second pregnancy. Did the hemorrhoids come back? Thankfully, no. That <laughs> <laughs> They were there during the pregnancy and then I used the prophecetal and they went away. And then when I gave birth, they came back and then <laughs> thankfully they went away again. 
the name Pregnancy Virgin does imply that it's a sort of light-hearted book and there are lots of laughs in there. And you have gone to some effort to research, but I guess it's important to understand that it's not a doctor's book. It's more to flag things to raise with your medical professional to get answers from. That's right, Penny. I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things I really want to stress about the book that it's not a medical book. Um, there's obviously a lot of really wonderful pregnancy books already on the market, but I found a lot of them to be quite textbook sounding. So I wanted Pregnancy Virgin to be different. Um, I really wanted a book that was short, written in simple language, the language we use when we speak, uh, filled with real life pregnancy examples. I wanted something amusing. And importantly, I wanted it to be brutally honest about the emotional, emotional journey of pregnancy. So while I've gained permission from various medical sources to quote their research, so readers are bound to learn something, for me, the focus of Pregnancy Virgin is really the emotional journey. When women are emotional, we can often think, am I the only one going through this? And so while every pregnancy is obviously different, I think reading about my various pregnancy experiences will be helpful to women who might perhaps think that their emotions, their sadness or confusion or anger, that it's not warranted or, or justified or normal. Because at the end of the day, we all have these emotions and, and pregnancy just has the potential to amplify them. People can get the book Pregnancy Virgin. That is not a, a name that you're going to have to write down. I'm sure it will stick with you for a while. Where can they find it? <laughs> Thank you. Well, if you love your online shopping, Pregnancy Virgin is available in paperback and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all your major online retailers. Otherwise, it's available to order in most bookstores if they don't already have it in stock. That book has a name that you're never going to forget. Pregnancy Virgin by Mandy Maloney. Lots of the stuff that we complain no one ever told us. So read the book and you will have no excuses. It's available all over the place. You're listening to Penny on Baby Talk. Find Baby Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Baby Talk, we're a weekly podcast about the challenges of being a parent. And last week we took a look at one of the most high-tech wearable fitness monitors that are available for babies. Not to track their fitness as such, but their sleep and health statistics. I started Owlet because there's that moment when you leave the hospital with your kids. And for the first time, you kind of go from feeling like you're the patient to realizing you're the caregiver. All of that falls to you. And I remember just being really concerned that I would know how my child was doing. And, and baby monitors are great, but they really, you kind of have to monitor the monitor to know that everything's okay. And the great thing about our smart sock is that it's proactive, it's, it's tracking information about your baby and helps you know when you need to go check on them. It gives you that peace of mind. That was founder Kurt Workman from Owlet, who was last week's guest on the Baby Talk podcast. And you can find it on the ABC Listen app and anywhere you find your podcasts. I'm Penny Johnston and I will see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.